Welcome to Enhanced Living. I'm your host, Adam Kruger. Enhanced Living is all about becoming the best version of ourselves and growing to be exactly who we were meant to become. Now, I've been through so many ups and downs in my life, and the one thing that I've learned is that there's always a next step to take on our path and our journey in this life. No matter how successful you currently are, there's always a way to be a better version of you. This podcast is all about figuring out that process. Through my own insights and interviews with extraordinary people, I hope you'll be inspired to evolve and become the best version of yourself. Let's jump right in. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know, I have always talked about how we can always do better. We can always be better. There's always a starting point. There's always, there's actually never really an end point. There's a starting point and then we're on a continuum of constantly striving to make ourselves better. On today's show, I have someone who is so in alignment with that. She is the author of The Full Spirit Workout. She is a Columbia University certified executive leadership coach. She's a former elite athlete, mindfulness expert, accomplished entrepreneur, and meditation teacher. Kate Ekman is here on the show with me today. Kate, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, having me Adam. It's a joy to be here. Oh yeah, I mean we we were just we were just talking away before before we uh, you know started the episode and I just I feel like there's so much synergy here and I'm I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. I want to talk real quick before we just to jump right into this. You know, you are a mindfulness expert, you are a meditation teacher, but you're also a certified executive leadership coach. Can you talk to me about your road to coming into this position in your life? Yeah, and I feel like it's it's such a simple but complex question because I feel like a cat who has had nine lives. And what I like about that is that I'm really a testament to the power of changing your mind and the power of doing what really lifts you up and fills you up rather than just going on some same path forever. You know, you can switch gears and I think it's actually good when you outgrow certain people or certain careers or or certain paths in your life. It it means that you're doing something right and that you should change course. So I have had a few paths and, you know, my life was all about athletics for 17 years as a competitive swimmer. I I was a broadcast journalist and TV personality and I, I still do TV. And for me, I just, I had a series of wake up calls about six, seven years ago, and it really changed the trajectory of my life. I had a very forward facing career as an on-camera person, and I lost two men to suicide. And it, it just really forced me to accept and deal with not only the grief of losing these two beautiful people, but also really made me look at the way I was choosing to live my life. And, and someone like most people who was placing all of my worth outside of myself and the externals. And what I learned is that when we do that, we can truly never have enough or be enough. And so I did what any good journalist would do. I, I started really researching and coming up with the, the tools and the keys for a better way of living. And that's really where the full spirit workout was born and, and going back to school and getting my master's degree at Columbia and studying neuroscience and positive psychology and these whole person coaching techniques and deeply diving into meditation and spiritual fitness and, and getting really fit and, and confident and resilient on the inside. And I knew as a swimmer, how hard I had to train my physical muscles to compete at such a high level for so long. And I thought there has to be a way to train my mental, emotional, and spiritual muscles. So it, it all was born, all of these beautiful, really exciting and, and transformational tools in my life and in others' lives working with clients 
born from a, a really dark place. And I, um, I offer that to anyone who's in a dark place. I think this past year, everyone's been in a dark place at one time or another, and really letting that be the soil that, that helps you blossom and grow into this whole new, really stunning version of yourself. I, I love that. Um, it's really interesting because a lot of the people that I speak with, they transform their lives based on some tragedy. I feel like it's, it's, it's so interesting because you can, you have a choice. I, I always say that you have a choice in the moment, right? When things happen, you can either shrivel from it or rise to it. Right. And so you rose to it. And, and I, I, there's so many things that you just said that I want to address and I'm just going to have to go through them. What, what, you know, hits the most at this point. And I, I think that it's when you said, you know, like a cat with nine lives and, and, and changing careers, uh, multiple times. Right. I think a lot of people can relate to that. And with respect to, you know, they go into, they go down a path and then they find themselves in a position where that path no longer serves them, but they stay down that road because, but I've put so much time in already and I don't want to, you know, start fresh and whatever. Talk to me a little bit about what it takes to go, you know what? No, just because I've gone down this road to this point so far doesn't mean I have to keep going down this road. It doesn't suit me anymore. Yeah. And I, I hear often people say, oh, well, what, and what you do, I, what just came up when you're talking to are relationships. So many people have outgrown their relationships or their careers, whatever it is. And it's just, oh, it's going to be too much work to leave this situation for whatever reason. And it's too hard. And what I say to them is, is it easy to be miserable? Is it easy to be angry? Is it easy to not feel fulfilled and lack meaning in your daily life? And people are kind of like, no. And so that's what I think. Same with the people who tell me they don't have time to meditate or they don't know what to do. And I say, I get it, but I don't have time to be angry. I don't have time to yell at somebody because I haven't like had an outlet for all of my stress. I don't have time to feel unworthy. I don't have time to underperform at things that I care about. So I think it's, you know, people get stuck in their comfort zone because it's well, it's comfy, right? And, you know, research indicates that we perform our best when we are a little anxious and we are a little uncomfortable. We are stretched a little bit outside our comfort zone. And, and all our comfort zone is, as I like to say, is just this arbitrary boundary that we've created in our mind based on fear that you can choose to unsubscribe from at any time. And, and I'm here to tell you, and I, I write about it in length in my book, is that when you dare to leave the job or the relationship or switch things up or move cities, I mean, I remember moving from LA to Chicago and it was so hard. I mean, the weather alone nearly killed me, but what happened when I did that to give my relationship with my then boyfriend a real shot? And I ended up, you know, going to journalism school there, but I ended up selling my house at the height of the U.S. real estate market. It has not been that high since it was June of 2004 to the point the week after I moved, my real estate agent said the prices are already coming down. So I won my, as I call it, a winning lottery ticket. And that just proves that when you're willing to take that risk, the universe assists you and, and, and gives you something like a winning lottery ticket to, to really reward you for daring to make this move. I think, first of all, I can, I can totally relate to that, uh, having just moved uh, myself. And, and it's one of those things where I think a lot of people are afraid in the sense that, well, I don't see it yet. So I'll see it when I'll believe it when I see it. But the, the fact of the matter is, is you have to believe it first, and then you'll see it, you have to be able to take the, the risk and take the chance. 
And I think the second part of that equation is having that positive mindset because, okay, we're going to jump down this rabbit hole right now because we have to now. And this is kind of one of the things that I sort of jotted down as you were talking in the beginning, which is, which is essentially this, you have a background in neuroscience, right? And, and I've talked about how meditation can help. It helps take life from right in front of your face and it pushes it out. So when something happens, you have the ability to kind of go, well, hold on a second. Let me analyze what's actually going on. And you do this in real time. Uh, and then you choose to act instead of just reacting and snapping in the moment, right? Where you're able to kind of go, mm, no, that person's kind of feeling pain. Um, maybe I'm not going to get angry with them back. Maybe I'm going to try to be compassionate instead. And that to me is one of the most amazing parts of having a daily meditation practice is it allows you to kind of keep this, I, I call it like the wall of peace around you, right? And yeah, so- yeah. I want, well, I wanted to ask you, like, I want to talk two things right here because your, your background is in neuroscience, right? So one, talk to me about the, the actual like neuroscientific things that are going on through meditating and being able to actually respond to things in the moment without, of, uh, without, you know, snapping and, and having that, that space, I like to call it the, that, that peace wall. Yeah. And then, and then the second part of that is what does neuroscience say with respect to keeping that positive attitude, that positive mental attitude? Yeah. So the science behind it is, is you're really changing your brain and your brain waves. And it sounds scientific and, you know, a little sci-fi because, because it is, and, and that's why it, it works. And you might not see it at first, just like when you go to the gym, you're not going from stomach flab to a six pack on day one, or maybe ever I've never had a six pack and I used to be quite fit. So I think it's the same thing with meditation. People maybe are willing to try it. Maybe once every other month. And they're like, I'm not really getting much from this. I'm like, yeah, just like, you're not going to get much from the gym if you go once every other month. So it is about that consistent practice that will start to change your brain waves. And then even deeper than the brain is that you are then becoming the person who naturally attracts the relationships, the opportunities, the experiences. It no longer is that tight grip of desperation. And I have to do this and get that and make it happen, which is actually repelling all of your goals. This is about getting steady on the inside. This is about non-reactivity. So you're right. You're not screaming and yelling at people. You, you are, you have become Come more chill. And, and I, I will say I am a person with zero chill. I have no chill. <laughs> so I need to meditate. Cause I'm like, woo, like just very, I'm like a golden retriever puppy. And I'm so extroverted that people just make me like, ah, so I have to get still. And that's where I make my decisions. And that's what the science says is that you just, you're making better decisions. You become more productive. Your relationships are enhanced. And it's all because you are, you are really, you have to look at it as fine tuning your instrument before you can play it for the world. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. You know, it's interesting because when I, for me, meditation is really all about, it, it's it's almost like I'm able to internalize things and and kind of analyze them at the same time as they're going on instead of just going, well, that person said something and I'm angry, so I'm going to let it out. It's more just like, okay, well, hold on a second. If you say this right now, you're going to cause more issues than you're willing to deal with in this moment in time. And it's just going to ruin your whole day. So really, is it worth it? And, and that happens like in a split second, which I think is amazing. And you, you mentioned that meditation actually changes the, the, the 
the neural pathways in your brain, or maybe you didn't say that, but I know that I've read that before. So I know that that's, that's a thing. And so when you change the neural pathways in your brain and you change your brain waves, right? Which is exactly what you said. Um, you know, we, we are little like transmitters We're we're emitters, right? And so we're putting out this energetic frequency, this vibe that, you know, a lot of people in the past might've gone, well, that's, that's a whole bunch of mumbo jumbo. It's nonsense. It's not really real, you know? things are people are either lucky or they're unlucky right which is which is just that's bunk to me that doesn't make any sense so how do people go from having that i guess negative outlook to really just kind of going okay i'm i'm going to i'm going to reshape it what what would you say is the best thing that they can do i think you can start with sitting for at least 5 minutes a day alone in a quiet room with no distractions no devices, no other people, ideally. And this sounds crazy to some people, probably. You hear the must be nice, don't have time for that. Oh, my kids, somebody needs me, whatever it is. But my one of my favorite quotes of all time from Blaise Pascal says, all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. And I think... Yes. And this is a practice, especially this past year that I have developed and cultivated. It is my non-negotiable, like eating and sleeping every day. I mean, even before I got on and talked to you, I had 20 minutes and I spent 17 minutes of that doing what I call my sit and stare time where I sit and I stare either out the window straight ahead. And I check in with myself. How are you doing? What do you need? what's working and not even going on the next to-do list or what I need to do. And right now there's so much going on with a book launch, but just taking that moment to process like, okay, that last interview, I appreciated that. Wow. That's so cool. Letting your mind just relax for a minute and process and reflect. And when you do that, you become more practiced at listening, not to your ego, not to the, you know, craziness and insanity in the world and the societal standards you probably don't even believe in, but you're plugged into subconsciously, it really gets you clear on, on what you want and, and your rules and your standards. And you become practice at listening to that. I call it divine download, the divine wisdom, the divine voice of God, whatever you want to call it, your higher self. And you get that wisdom downloaded into your consciousness. And from that place, you're invincible and you make the right decisions and you treat people well, and, and you just feel good. Not because of anything externally happened. That was great. You just feel calm and at peace. And I promise you this stuff works if you do, but like going to the gym, you can't just show up in your cute outfit. You have to actually sweat and do the exercises. It's so true. I I've always said that, you know, with meditation, with anything you can't, it's not, it's like brushing your teeth. You don't brush your teeth once on a Monday and then six weeks later go, Hey, I have no cavities. No, 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 no. Your teeth are going to fall out. So, you know, you have to, you have to, it's a maintenance thing. It's an everyday kind of thing. Now you mentioned that, you know, people need to be able to sit with themselves in silence. And I feel like I, I can hear certain people screaming, going, I can't do that. I can't do that. I think people are afraid to do that. And I, I want to say that this, this has to do with just because it's a simple thing to do doesn't mean that it's necessarily easy. You have to choose to do the work and the work is sometimes very difficult. Things come up that you're not really willing to look at, but you have to look at them if you want to move on and get better. Right? So what would you say to the people who are going, 
Yeah, but I'm really like, and no one would ever say this because you don't consciously really know it at the time. But the people who are sitting there afraid to really look deep within themselves and really examine what's been going on and what's not working, because that can be really frightening. That's that's more that's scarier than than any horror movie for a lot of people, because that's who you're living with. That's you. How do you get around that? Yeah. And that's why this work is so important. And you think of the person who says, I don't have time to exercise. I hate exercising. I don't exercise. And then they have a, a massive health scare and they're, they're even fortunate to still be living. Suddenly that person is probably, at least we would hope, going to walk for at least five minutes a day. And their doctor is going to advise them, you need to not eat cheeseburgers every night. You need to get some exercise. We all know these physical fitness things to stay alive, not just even be at optimal health or fitness or win a Super Bowl or have, you know, washboard abs, but just to, to get through life. And so we know we have to treat our physical vessel well, and the same is with our internal. And, and it goes back to what I said earlier, what, what kind of life do you want to have? I get that this is challenging. I get that this is hard for a lot of people. We aren't conditioned to it. This is the complete 180 degrees away from what our society says. Do, 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 keep going, hashtag no days off, hustle culture. So this is a deliberate, intentional choice, but it is about what kind of life do you want to live? What kind of relationships do you want to have? What kind of impact do you want to have on the world? What kind of meaning and, and fulfillment do you want to experience? And I would argue that just like maybe some people, they want to be up all night. They never want to go to sleep or whatever. They're on a bender. You, that's only sustainable for so long, right? And I think not giving yourself this quiet time to process and reflect and check in with yourself and get practiced at listening, it's not it's not sustainable to, to never check in with yourself. And so I think just... Getting, I think if anyone's here on your on your show, they're they're interested and in, and in this living a better life. They're they're anxious or curious and really wanting some some tools or just some things to try out. And and I would argue that anyone, even a you know restless <laughs> five year old, can sit quietly, even just start at a minute. And and what happens is then you start to notice benefits and, and you see all the improvements in your life. And then just like physical exercise, you start to crave it. So then you can sit for more minutes. And then it's something you look forward to every day and something that you can't live without. And that's where I am. I, I can't live without my sit and stare time. I'm I'm so right there with you on on every level. In fact, I mean, our son, we've been teaching him to meditate since he was little. He only does a minute or so, but you know, Aww. you see it in the moment when he gets really frustrated, where he'll take breaths, he'll take deep breaths instead of throwing a temper tantrum, and that's huge because he's nine. And so, teaching him to do that at this young age, I know that by the time he's twenty something, this kid's going to be in a in a totally different category than I was at twenty. Because I mean, I was meditating at eighteen, but. I had just picked it up at that point. I hadn't started until then. So for him to be starting at, at such a young age means that by the time he's in his 20s, he's going to be able to see things differently. And I think that it's such an important thing to do. Uh, and again, with the same thing with working out, I can't go more than a few days without it because yeah. I, I start to feel disgusting because yes. I start to, I start to realize like, no, 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 I need, I need to, I need to go. I need it. Just, it clears my mind. It makes my body feel better. I have a better day. It, the days that I miss it, everything's just off. Now I want to talk about, uh, because I, I think that this is so connected and something you said earlier, which, which is about people finding their worth outside of themselves and really connecting to ego and kind of like keeping up with the Joneses. I'm using air quotes. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that so many of us place our, our self-worth on A, what other people think, 
but also what other people have. We, we measure our success based on other people's success. And I believe personally that when you meditate, when you go deep within, when you have that quiet time to download that, that divine you know, intuition, that information that you're looking to download, it helps you get clear on what success means to you. Can we talk about that for a minute? Yeah, I think everyone could redefine success for themselves, not some borrowed definition from society. Because you even see people who have achieved all the material things in the world and are deemed the most quote unquote successful, but they don't like their lives. They have a crappy marriage. They feel no fulfillment at their job. They they lack meaning. And you know, I have clients that are starting to ask, what is this, what does all of this mean? Or what's my legacy going to be that I can close multi-million dollar deals every other week? So what? I don't need any more money. And, and that's, you know, how great for these people financially, right? But it just shows that we need more than, than the externals. And, and that's what research indicates flat out. That's what the science of well-being says that all of the things that we think are going to make us happy, all the shiny objects, the, the good grades, the good looks, the good looking partner, the, the house, the car, the money, all those things we're told that we need to even be worthy of anything. They don't move the needle when it comes to our well-being. What moves the needle are acts of gratitude and kindness, acts of service, savoring, um, paying someone a gratitude visit, which I'm happy to go further into, sleep, exercise. And so if you're looking to feel quote unquote richer or wealthier, how about you log off of social media and stop looking at how you're not adding up to so-and-so and and the cute dog husband vacation and so forth. And and maybe not obsess over, I'm making a hundred thousand, I need to make 250 or whatever, and, and go do something nice for someone or, you know, write a letter to someone who has, you know, really helped you in your life, who you've never properly thanked and, and, and read it to that person and watch your happiness and well-being level skyrocket and also skyrocket for the other person. Every morning you're having your coffee, savor it. Think of everything that had to transpire to go from the, the coffee beans in Nicaragua or Puerto Rico or wherever to your home, wherever you live. And and that's that mindfulness moment. And then instead of rushing around thinking how we don't add up and our life isn't good enough, we really tune into how sweet and juicy our lives really are. Not because of anything on on the outside, but because of who we are and how we feel on the inside. I mean, 100% happiness is an inside job. You can have nothing quote unquote material in your life and you can still find happiness and you can have everything and still be unhappy as you as you said now the beautiful thing about creating happiness for someone else is it means your your happiness grows exponentially as well because we all feel good when we do for others it's just that's just a thing i mean my wife and i talk about this all the time life is chiefly service it should be mainly service you should be asking how you can be a better human being and sometimes being a better human being means just being a delight for yourself so that you're a pleasant person to be around so that when you go out into the world, you're spreading some smiles, you know, uh, and that that does attract more to be happy about. Now, you said gratitude visit and that you'd expand mm-hmm. on that. I would love to go further into that. This is one of my favorite parts in the whole book. And this is actually an experiment from Martin Seligman, who is the founder of positive psychology. And he says in these experiments, when you do this, everyone weeps and, and the, the results and the lasting benefits last can last for the rest of your life. But at least it, I mean, they've even measured it at weeks and months and 
and it is, it's about thinking of someone who has done something really tremendous in your life and you've never properly thanked them, which we usually don't. Or we might say, Hey, Adam, thanks. I was having a, a tough day yesterday. Thanks for being there for me. That's usually the extent of it. If people even give you that, I think it's an epidemic that we aren't really seeing or hearing or acknowledging each other, even people we love or claim to love. And, and you see that played out all the time. So I did this experiment and my friend, Vanessa came to mind immediately. And I'd only known her a short time, but I had to write to her. And so, you know, this was during COVID and I couldn't show up at her house, but I, cause what you do is you write the letter, you call the person up and say, Hey, I'd like to come over. You don't tell them why. And when they answer the door, invite you in, you read them this letter. So it's, it's really intense and deep and, and powerful. So I did this with Vanessa. She thought she, you know, she's a peer coach from, from Columbia and probably thought we were going to talk about coaching or just do a check-in. And I said, I'd like to, I did this experiment. I'd, I wrote you a letter. I'd like to read it to you. She's still like, okay, whatever. And I'm reading her this letter and yeah, I cried and she cried. And, and really the sentiment was, you know, I, I sometimes in my life don't feel seen because of choices that I've made for me. I've chosen not to get married and have kids at, at least yet. And I don't know if I ever will, but that's where I am right now, which is not what you're supposed to do in society. Right. Especially as a woman, you're, you're told you need to get married and have kids. Like, otherwise, like, what are you doing? So I just never plugged into that, but I often feel alone in my decisions. And I said, but Vanessa, you see me. And as psychologist, Susan David would say, by seeing me, you bring me into existence. And Vanessa is a transgender woman and someone who is not seen by a lot of society can even be killed because of her choice. But when I, I said to her, you know, when I think of the courage and strength and authenticity, it takes to be who you really are, you know, I'm just really brought to my knees in prayer that you came into my life to show me how to love more fully and completely. And just saying to her, you know, thank you for loving me for who I am as I authentically need to be. And it was just such a beautiful moment. And we talk about it all the time, you know, even in the book, neither of us, I'm like, every time I read this letter, I still cry because it's such a deep heartfelt expression of love. And I think how sad that we, meaning everybody, rarely do this or when do we do it at someone's funeral and so i invite everybody listening right now to think of that person whoever just came to mind is perfect you can do multiple people write the letter read it to this person you will remember it for the rest of your life and it, it will boost your your well-being forever i, I mean i I'm th i this was a year or so ago i think about it all the time vanessa and i could not be closer friends I think even that was part of what kicked it off, just that bond of I see you and I see you back. And again, we think we need all this stuff and we need so much money and I'm all for nice stuff and money. I, let's not like, I, I am not, I have no desire to be impoverished, but what I'm saying is I get the money, I get the nice things and I'm happy for about 15 or 20 minutes. And then it's on to the next thing, bigger, better, whatever. So try this out and, and, and really make it a practice and, and, and watch how your life improves. I mean, amen. Uh, there's, there's, there's a bunch of things I want to address because there, there's so much that you talked on, you know, gender roles in society, you know, just the ability for people to be themselves. I want to, I want to dive into that real quick because I just think it's so important. Um, you know, since we're on the topic of 
finding your worth outside yourself and really saying, no, 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 I'm going to find my own, my own success. I'm going to find, I'm, I'm going to go my own way, you know, as someone who I've never, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a cisgender, you know, heteronormative. I don't even know what the words are. I just know I'm me, but I've never fit into what the heterosexual male definition of manliness is. I've never been that guy. I've, I'm, I'm a serial monogamist. I have always been sensitive. I've always been empathic. I've always been, uh, I'm not a, I'm not like, I don't want to go knock down beers and then, and cat call it. Like to me, that's just ridiculous. I've, I think I've been to a strip club once in my life, maybe twice, hated the experience because it just felt weird and, and just, it just didn't feel right. And I'm not, and listen, if, if, if women are interested in doing that for themselves, the great, that's all the power to you. I have nothing against it. It just didn't feel right for me. Now, I have a very happy marriage. I'm 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 very much uh, balanced, masculine, feminine, right? And society tells me that I'm not manly enough, that I'm not macho, that I'm not, which I think is ridiculous. But you know, when I hear people talking about how no marriage and, and children aren't for me, great, good for you. If you feel like it's not meant for you, why should you try to plug yourself into that hole and be miserable for your life? And I just think it's so important, and I don't think there's a question here. I just want to say it's so important for people to be able to own who they are and be unapologetically themselves and to say, you know what, this is what happiness means to me. And I don't care if it doesn't resonate with you because you're not living my life, right? Yeah. And and being, that was the, the gift that Vanessa gave me besides seeing me, and I say see in all caps, but allowing me and loving me to be as I authentically need to be. And that's just a gift we can start with ourselves and extend it to everyone. And there's this notion that we need to police other people or control other people, or maybe people don't see us because they haven't taken that sit and stare time to truly see themselves, or they don't see themselves in our choices or our decisions. So what? And, and again, if, if you're taking that time to see yourself let me tell you something, you you see everybody else because you know who you are. So it's not about this person changing or that person changing, or you need to do it like this. No, and I think that's why I have so many friends who are quote unquote other, who are not heterosexual, white, what privileged or whatever. I, I really do like people who, and, and by the way, people can't see me, but I'm, I'm very white and I'm very <laughs> privileged and I'm very heterosexual, but I appreciate people who are different from me because they can teach me and they open up my mind and my heart and expand me to new horizons horizons. So I just, I, I, I encourage people to really first of all, figure out who you are. And, and again, you talk about simple, but not easy. I, I work with people who again, high achievers, so much success. When I ask them who they are underneath all the titles and roles, they have no idea. And, and that's the, the first paragraph in the introduction of my book is, you know, I, I was doing all the so-called right things. I was on the hamster wheel. I was achieving, I was successful, but I'm like, who am I? Who is the real me? And what does the real me really want? And for a long time, I had no idea. And, and that's why I, I, I searched, I looked, I wanted to know because I wanted a quality of life because not just for myself, for everyone around me, because I, I saw very clearly when you're in a good mood and you're kind to other people, whether it's the checkout person at the drugstore or the grocery store, wherever you are, or even the other, when I do business, 
my web designer, I, it, it took me, I think 10 seconds. It was two sentences. I wrote her an email. I said, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. You're the absolute best. You're so talented. She wrote me back and she said, that was one of the nicest emails I've ever received. You literally made my day. And I thought, okay, cool. But how little effort that took. And it was just a genuine, this woman's working her butt off for me so I can have a nice website and how simple it is, but people don't do that. Right. It's true. You only hear from people when, when you do the wrong thing. Um, you know, my, my, my wife actually taught me, she, she got me into this cause it's her. She's, she's the most amazing human being I've ever met or known. I mean, she really truly is. It's like I, every day I wake up and I'm like, oh wow, I, I, I get to wake up next to her and she's, she chose me. I must've done something right in a past life. Like that's literally how I feel, even though, I mean, that's just, that's just it. I, I always, I always look at her. I'm like, yeah, I married up. Um, you know, so, um, I love you. <laughs> and may every man speak about his wife the way you just did. See, Oh, well, amen. But I mean, she truly is though. It's not like, you know, it, there's, it's not like I'm, it's not like she's sitting behind me listening. She has no idea, but she, I mean, she knows I tell her of course, but the whole point is, is that like, you know, she's the type I've never known anyone who goes out of their way to do things for others like she does. And I, and I, I, I try to emulate that. I try to become, to be as much like her as I can with respect to that. And like one of the simplest things is We've all been on the customer service phone call where you're dealing with a, you know, AT&T or whatever company and you just want to bang your head through a plate glass window because it is the most horrific experience ever. And then every so often you get the person on the other line who's like, "I got you." And they take care of you and and it's and you go, "Thank you so much." And you hang up the call and you go on your day. But we don't do that. We ask them at the end of the call, "Hey, is there a manager that I can speak to to just tell them how great you did?" And do you know what the response is every single time? They're like, um, oh, I, I, um, oh, um, yeah. I mean, are you sure? Yeah, that, that would, oh my God, that would be amazing. And you could literally just hear them going, wow, you know? And it's just such a small little thing. It takes an extra three minutes out of your day. Most of the time they give you an email and I just write an email and then the, the supervisor writes back going, oh, that's so great to hear. Thank you so much. We're so happy about that. We're letting everyone in the office know what a great job so-and-so did. And it's such a small little thing. It takes almost no time out of your day, but you've just made that person's week. So again, I, I think that it's such a powerful thing to just go, hey, look, I'm going to do something nice for this person. And, and that's it because they helped me, but go even deeper and do something nice for someone when they haven't helped you. And so I just think it's so, it's so powerful. Now, taking it back around to, uh, you know, you had said, you know, having the money and having the things and you're, you're, you're all for it. And I am too. And I just think that, I think there's absolutely nothing wrong. Go succeed, be wealthy, do the thing that makes your heart sing, make your money, do it. But at the same time, that doesn't mean hoard it all away and, and, and just, you know, try to build your empire without giving back. I think it's so important to build that power, build that strength. If that's, if that's what you want to do, fine, but do something for the community that helped raise you up. And, and you can do that whether you have an empire or whether you are running a banana stand. Sorry, I'm pulling back to Arrested Development that I, you know, from years and <laughs> years ago. I love a banana. I love a nice banana stand. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's a it's a funny little random uh, you know, pull right there, but you know, if you're if you're just if you're literally just, you know, you're running your small business, you're doing you're doing okay, you're making ends meet, you you have a nice little home, everything's great and I'm not putting this down in any way shape or form, someone needs uh, something you have a dollar, you have $10, you have the ability to do something, even if it's just a smile 
right? I think a lot of people feel like they can't give because they can't give everything or they can't do enough. So they're not going to do it all. But I'm like, no, do something. Just smile at the person. Tell them that they're wonderful. Tell them what you appreciate about them. And I think that it's 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 lost on people because we see these stories of people doing, uh, you know, celebrities going, yeah, I put, I put them through college or you know, athletes that are that are starting new programs at, at universities, and you're like, I can never measure up to that. What's my $10 going to do? So I'm just going to keep it. But no, showing that support means so much to people. Yeah, I mean, that's you're really speaking to having a generosity of spirit. And that's what the full spirit workout is all about. It's all about bringing your full spirit, which is your authentic truth and power, your your presence your distraction-free presence, your passion, your light, it really is the epicenter of love and, and bringing that to everything you do and to everyone you meet. And that's when all these shiny objects you want on the, on the outside, they come to you naturally because you become the person that has that life and attracts that. And, and it sounds like magic or too good to be true, but if it, you just haven't tried it out for yourself then, which I, I encourage you to do because I'm the proof of that. And my clients are the proof of that. I mean, before I, I started talking to you today, I had a meeting with a colleague and he sent me, I don't want to talk money, but he, he sent me a, a massive contract for, for a coaching uh, client. And I just thought, Wow. The full spirit works. I didn't have to try Now, listen, I've been, I've done all the training. I have worked my butt off. I've put in the work, but I've taken my hands off the wheel. I've stopped trying to force and control. I put in the work and this is what I'm talking about. You get the email. I mean, he literally handed it to me and it's a, it was, it's a large sum of money. And I just think, wow, this stuff really works. And I'm proud to lead by example because people can listen to you or not. People can read it or not, but that's what this is about too. It is not enough to understand something intellectually. It's not enough to post the quote on Instagram. You have to actually believe the words you are saying. You have to move it from your head down into your heart and then from your heart out into your hands and implement it. But I, I, I promise you, I, I just, I wish I could just lovingly shake everyone or give them a hug and say, this works. I promise you just try. I love that. It's so, and it's so true. It's really true. I mean, it really is about putting in the work, you know, they say luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And I couldn't, I couldn't agree more at the end of the day, you have to set your intention. You have to do the work. You can't like just show up and decide, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run a, a multi-million dollar empire. Cool. Do you know how to run a small business? Do you know how to, you know, invest? Do you know how to do any of the things that it takes to get to that multi-million dollar empire? No. Well, you, you got to do the work. You got to put in the time. You want to be an on-camera host. Okay, cool. Do you know what it takes to go into that? Do you know how to do all the little tiny little things? that are required to do that and then make it look like it's effortless. Can you do that? Because if you can, then when your opportunity comes, you're going to knock it out of the park and you're going to hit that home run and you're going to you're going to keep going. But if you get that opportunity and you haven't put in the work, you're not going to succeed because your experience will only take you so far. Right. So yeah. it's about not being afraid to put in the work. Yeah. And then and then surrendering and really detaching yourself from the outcome and releasing expectations and, and really building up your trust muscle. And it is a practice like anything else. Sometimes I've got it in spades other days. I'm like, wow, you're really off here. You're not trusting at all. I like to call it full-time faith. And, and this was something that came to me in my apartment a few years ago where I heard it loud and clear, like someone was yelling at me and it said, 
it is not okay to just trust part of the time anymore. You have to have full-time faith. And that is trusting and believing when it seems like nothing is working out in your favor, when it looks like things are actually going against you, it's still trusting. It's still having that faith. And I've had to put that into practice time and time again. It, It is a constant practice, just like going to the gym, but it really does yield great results. And even this book, I think, wow, if I got this book deal, when I thought I wanted it about a year before I actually signed the contract, this book would not be half as good as it is now. I had to go through so many things. I I, I had to go get certain certifications and, and really beef up you know, what I was here to say. And it it just, the project just grew into something way bigger and better than I could have ever imagined. And it's because I was rejected. So I'm just like, thank you, rejection. And, And really thinking of all those things that you thought didn't work out, or the person didn't call you back, you didn't get the job, you got fired, whatever it was, say thank you, because you are being redirected down a path that is meant for you and your highest good and the good of everyone around you. That's so much more meaningful and appropriate than anything you could have orchestrated on your own. So just try to go with it and really do that practice of trusting. It it, it is a muscle you have to beef up, but that's another practice that it will really get you those results that you're looking for. It, It will seem almost effortless. Oh, yes, 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 yes. A million times. Yes. I always tell people, you know, if you look back at every instant in your life where things either went right or went wrong or whatever, you'll see that it led you to this very moment right here, right now. So that's how you know you're where you're supposed to be. And so instead of fighting against the tide, just just grab that surfboard and go with it, you know, because at the end of the day, you're going to get to where you're supposed to be. Set your intention and just just take the hands off the wheel. It's you know, I, it was a Carrie Underwood. Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not like you know I'm not trying to espouse anything religious here. I'm just saying it's about giving up that that faith. It's about we're not giving up the faith. It's about keeping faith in knowing that you're on the right path and that you're setting your intention and you're going to get there. Before I let you go, I wanna I wanna ask you real quick if you had one specific thing that you were gonna, and there was, I mean, honestly, there were so many things that we just discussed that I think are amazing. And for all my listeners, please go ahead and pick up the book. It's the Full Spirit Workout. Uh, By the time this airs, for sure, it will be available anywhere books are sold. So pick it up because I, I know that you'll learn so much from it. But if you had to choose one specific thing that people could focus on right now, right here to help themselves become the best version of themselves, or at least as another signpost on the path, what would that one specific thing be? Yeah. Besides the sit and stare time, I would just, however you want to do it, whether it's in the shower, when you're getting ready, when you're on a walk, when you're in the car, it's going to probably feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel foreign at first, but to remind yourself every day, how powerful you are and, and remind yourself that you can do anything you decide is important enough and take those words and and ingrain it into your body so that you believe it, like you believe the sky is blue and like you believe that your name is whatever your name is. And just make that your default setting and live from that space of I am powerful. And nobody can ever take that away from you. Your spirit is invincible. Your spirit cannot be rejected and holding on to that strength every day and living from that place. I'm pointing to just the center of my chest, right below my heart. Keep, keep track of this touch base with this every day and watch your life transform. You, you will walk taller. You will smile bigger. You will treat people better. And I'm telling you, I, I just 
please email me because I want to hear your success stories when you live your life from this space. Amazing. Can you please let people know where they can find you? I'll put it in the show notes below, but I want to I wanna have you say it too. Sure. It's kateekman.tv and Ekman is E-C-K-M-A-N. And yeah, please reach out. And then I'm Kate Ekman on social media, but I love meeting all of you online. And I always follow back because I like to stay connected. And I really do like to build community and in a world and a land of competition and fear and comparison. Let's build community and, and collaborate. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much, Kate. Thank you for being here with me today. Thank you for sharing your message. Once again, go out and buy that book because it will change your life. I have no doubt. Adam, thank you so much. You are a true gem. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Enhanced Living. If you enjoyed what you heard today, share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, kindly subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to reach me directly at enhancedliving.net. Have a great day.